Hello everyone and welcome to another preview of the World Tour season here on the Cycling Day in Extra or if you're listening on Spotify as well. And today we're talking about the sixth monument unofficially. Patrick's already triggered. And of course I'm discussing this with Patrick Blake of Audi Cycling, one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. I mean, Patrick, you have some sort of vendetta against this race. Well, you like the race, but you don't like the fact that some people, myself included in the past, have denoted this as the sixth monument i just don't get it the race is perfectly good as it is it doesn't need to be a monument what, what it, a, a monument is not going to bring a higher quality of field here because we always get fantastic riders it's not like bringing a making it a monument is going to do anything if anything i think that by making the race longer you might actually make it worse because what if now it's just going to be the people who win all the monuments are going to win stardy is not the beauty of stardy that Guys like Pitcock and Bonote have won it in the past who can kind of put a little bit of a fly in the ointment. Is that not what makes this race so entertaining? But, you know, like you say, it is a bit longer this year. So we'll wait and see what that does in terms of kind of how the race pans out. There are a few more uh, gravel sectors. It's, you know, 30 kilometers longer. So it's probably going to be edging up towards the five-hour mark, I think. So it's going to make the race a lot harder. But uh, I think it will certainly favor the stronger riders who have done really well in, in other monuments. But, I mean, last year, obviously, Yorkshireman yourself, Tom Pitcock, the Prince of Yorkshire, whatever. But, well, the win, I would say, was a bit Yomba Visma messing up to some degree as well. But I think Pitcock, the descent he showed on one of the Clives was absolutely incredible. We're both Pitcock fans, but, yeah. Uh, what do you think of last year's edition? Attila Valta was up there as well. It- I really think Yobbo messed up, if I'm honest. Yeah, last year was a, a weird one, because I remember Vanderpool just wasn't firing on all cylinders for, for some reason. Pitcock's attack with like 50-something kilometres to go, yeah, it was just insane, and he just about held on. But I think he'll be up there again this year. You know, we'll wait and see what the defending kind of Stardy winner can do. They've got a decent team, but... Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a hard task against the other names who are who are coming to this race, especially with the additional kind of length on the race too. Okay, go on then. Are you... <laughs> what does the 2024 route look like? The 18th edition of Strada Bianchi takes us from Siena to Siena in one massive loop. Unlike last year, where there were 11 gravel sectors, there are now. 15 gravel sectors which amounts to just over 70 kilometers worth of gravel racing which is a lot that's like a third of the race we still include the classic sectors of the monte san marie and also the la tolf which is where vanderpool very classically kind of really stepped on the gas a few years ago and kind of broke away vast big percent gradients and yeah it's going to make it really interesting having those additional four sectors they all come within kind of Monte San Marie and kind of what was originally kind of sector nine, but is now sector thirteen. There are a couple of climbs in there. They're all not particularly too long. The longest one being two point four kilometers. Obviously, the two hardest sectors are sector seven and sector eight. The San Martino Engrania and the Monte San Marie. These are 
9.5 kilometers long and 11.5 kilometers long include gradients of 12 and 18 percent and then of course Mahal race ends up the piazza del campo into siena the classic 16 percent gradients up to the line of course we didn't see a big battle between two people last year it was just pidcock going to the line but it's a really hard race scott 215 kilometers is nothing to be sniffed at i'm not saying it's a monument i'm not saying that i'm saying that it's harder than it has been in previous years those additional four sectors amounts to another you know six-ish kilometers of gravel what do you think of this new route do you think it's better than last year's route or do you think that the race organizers have gone too far I don't, I don't know what more gravel we need more gravel i mean the grand tours didn't learn from this it's like the extra piece of gravel that we were missing in the giro has been added to, to the strada Bianca instead of that stage but yeah no i'm i'm so excited for this race i i can't quite decide whether arrow bay or this is my favorite race i think they're both equally number one sorry tour of Flanders. your third place it's fine well well um but yeah i think it's uh, great to see it get closer to that monument status in, in length at least and uh yeah really solidifying itself as like the gravel race even though that the Grand Tours are dabbling with it. This is the place which I quite like. What do you think of the new edition? Do you think it's too much or too little? I think it could be just right, dare I say. It might be the Goldilocks zone. The additional four sectors, you know, one or two of them do have like some uphill sections, but we'll wait and see whether somebody actually uses those to attack or whether people are going to be just quite, whether they're just going to keep the powder dry and attack later on, where we've seen Vanderpool attack. I think Pigcock's attack last year was quite unexpected. It was quite a, a long attack. We've never really seen anything like that in Sardi. So I think the new route is good, but I do fear that the additional length is just going to, you know, really favour the for riders who already do well over really long races and we're just going to see repeating names doing well in the race but i'm also very optimistic that 215 kilometers is is a good length i think if it gets any longer towards 240k i reckon we could just it's just going to be like flanders and stuff you're just going to see those names doing well all the time but yeah i reckon it'll be okay i am really looking forward to this this is this is like the kind of like fantastic race just kick off the season we're in march and it feels like, you know, this is like definitely this turning into spring and it is a brilliant race. I really do love it. Despite the fact that I don't want it to be a monument, I still think it's great. I think you're so right. Yeah, it's a good point that you said if it's too hard, then we will just say, see the same names to some extent. And sometimes when it's too hard as well, they kind of neutralize parts of the race. So fair summation. But we might as well go into favorites and we might as well talk about the champion, Tom Pickock, going into this, obviously. With Ineos Grandier, strong team. Uh, he's had somewhat of a good start to the season. Sixth place in Walter Algarve. And uh, he finished third on the final stage there. And then we also had him in Omlut Head Newsblad in that breakaway. But they were eventually brought back and still managed to finish it off, as you said in the recap, in the sprint. But yeah, Patrick, Ineos Grandiers as a whole and Tom Pitcock, what do you think of him? I think it's a strong team. Pitcock is being supported by Sheffield Kikowski, Guy Thomas and Egan Bernal, who has had a very good season so far. I'd say by a kind of resurgent Bernal. 
He's done well in this race. Yeah, in the 2021 edition, he finished in third place. This is not some guy who's just here to fill out the numbers. I think that, you know, Bernal could certainly play his part in this race. And I think that it's a really strong team. You know, we've got, of course, Kwiatkowski's won this race in the past as well. Bikes. Sheffield, I think, is really good. He's been showing some good form this year as well. Garrett Thomas, I think, you know, probably more in a domestique role, I would expect. But I think it's a really strong team for Minios to support the defending champion. And like you say, Pitcock was decent at Omloop. Obviously, he wasn't able to kind of go with the moves of this Melissa bike, but at the end of the day, who was? So you can't really count that against him too much. You know, it would have taken a really superhuman performance to nullify this Melissa bike as a solo rider in that situation. So I'm not counting that against him too much. So I think he's got a really good shot of... of well, defending his title, I suppose. But what do you think? Do you think Pitcock's got a decent shot? I mean, there is someone else here that, well, there's a few other names here. I think he's in great form. And last year he was, a well, sorry, Pitcock fans, myself included. So uh, we're all on the same page. I do think he was a bit lucky. There was that point where Yombo had him in their sides and they decided not to close the gap, and he kind of ran away with it. And I just think Visma will have learned from their mistakes and not do that. They have a very strong team there as well. So I don't think it's going to be Pitcock's win. He, well, he's only been at this race twice. First time in 2021, fifth, and then last year finishing first. So I think a top five is definitely on the cards if he stays out of trouble, but I... I just don't see him winning it again. I think that's fair, especially considering, like you say, the other names who are here who are also probably in fantastic form. I mean, there is a certain person who might have something to say about Pitcock winning. Cruz. Oh, yes, of course. Jesus, one day Cruz. <laughs> I mean, but in all seriousness, no, I mean, do you want to talk about this Melissa Spike now? Uh, I was just thinking, before we do that, uh, one stat that I... I was thinking was true, but I, I just double check now. Nobody has ever defended this race. So nobody's yeah, won two years in a row. So let that sink in for a while. Not Tad Bogaccio. Okay, he didn't go last year, but I mean, you have to be in it to win it. Not King much of Underpool. No. Uh, Kukowski, Cancellara. Yeah, the works. But yeah, this Melissa bike, we might as well go there. Very interesting team. I saw somewhere Walt was going, but I don't think that's true. Hmm. Yeah, former winner. I, I saw something similar. Yeah, so we don't know if Wout is going or not. Is King Vanderpool going? No. Ah, I know. I know. It's such a shame. But yeah, this Melissa bike, Patrick. Who are they sending, and who do you think is their chief card? I mean, this is also a very good team. I got, of course, Sepkus, winner of a Vuelta last year, but also very importantly, he did very good at the just the other week. Bear in mind that that race is about 150 some kilometers long. I also saw people calling that that should be a monument. So let's just all calm down a little bit, just because it's got a little bit of gravel. Anyway, I digress. Christophe Laporte, he was looking fantastic in the opening weekend. You know, I said in a recap, he looked like he was barely even trying. Julian Vermote, their kind of late addition to their team, he'll be more like controlling at the start of a race. Ben Tullet, who just done the Glam Camino in support of Jonas Vingegaard. Attila Balter, who finished fifth in this race last year. And Bart Lemon, 
who's just recently finished fifth place in GC at the Tour Down Under, and he finished 10th in GC at the UE Tour. So he's obviously looking in fantastic form at the moment, Scott. Do you reckon it's going to be, I mean, who's going to be the leader for this team, do you reckon? Personally, I, I want Christian Laporte to be the leader. I, I know there'll be a lot of Americans shouting from afar, <laughs> not in, in the headphones. They're saying Seb Kuss should be given a chance. Yeah, I think Laporte. I, I really want to see Laporte. I know the finish into Siena isn't exactly suited to someone who's a bit of a sprinter, but he has a bit of a kick to him. It's not... Okay, it is a hard climb, but it's it's doable, I think, for Laporte. But maybe he has to break away on his own. Him and Wat Van Aert are almost becoming carbon copies of each other. So, yeah, Laporte is what I where I would put my uh, money on in the Vispa yeah. camp. What about you? I'd probably say Sepp, actually. Really? I don't not know. Attila Valter. None of us are saying Attila Valter. I mean, I think the Visma just got so many options, you know? I think you could give an argument for a lot of them. For me, it's just saying Sepp. I think he looked really good at Algarve. And the Class Caheyan performance is also very promising. Like I say, Valter, he kind of came out of, I don't want to say nowhere, but he, he did very good last year. I reckon he probably could have done a little bit better, if, like you say, if Jumbo played their cards a bit differently. And he was very good at UE Tour. Um, I mean, he finished in the top 10 there. But so, Biela Port, like you say, the finish isn't particularly suited to him. He, he'd have to get away early. So I think they've got a multitude of options to be, be kind of getting on with that. But yeah, we might as well focus on other teams as well. UAT Memorets, the rider that we've alluded to, Tare Pagacha is making a season debut here. An interesting cast of riders around him. Yeah. And yeah, what do you think of the team? A mix of, well, experience at this team, of this race, and also a lot of, well, a few neo pros. Yeah. So we've got three riders here who are going to be more of a kind of domestiques. We've got Balancini, we've got Jan Kristen, and then also Domin Novak. And I presume these will be kind of the guys who are controlling the race. But then you have Isaac Del Toro is coming to this race. Mark Hershey, who just won the Fond Blanc Classic. Tim Ballens, who was very good again at the opening weekend, only finishing second place to Watt Van Aert in Kern plus Kern. And then the man himself, Taddy Pagacha, arrives to this race, won this race in the past in 2022. Oh boy, this is probably the strongest team in the race. I know we've just been singing praises about Ineos and the Visma Lisa bike, but UAE, I think, is the team to beat in this race. In theory, this race is going to be dictated by everyone looking at Pigatcha. He is the guy to be watching out for. He's the big favourite. Do you think that, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say, Scott, but, you know, do you think that Pigatcha's the leader? Do you think that you could see Del Toro or Hershey or Valens getting a look in here, or do you think that it's all just it's all for Pigatcha and that's it. On the top five favorites video from yesterday on the channel here, shameless plug, I actually put Wellens in as one of the favorites. And as you point out in the echelon, his worst result was two thirteenth places, 23 in 2021. But with everyone looking at Tadabagatcha, it's his first race back as well. I can't quite remember how many riders came straight into Strata and won it. And I mean, the Cyclocross boys, you can kind of, discount them in a way because this is even though this would be their first race it's not really because they've raced all the cyclocross races it's not the same i know i know but uh they still have some yeah they've proven some sort of form so coming in completely no preparation races you didn't go to uh the tour of valencia the route the route de la sol time trial as <laughs> it's probably going to be known from now on. Because of that, maybe they all look at Tade and then Wellens gets up the road. That's That was my thinking about that. And 
the proven track record as well and the form as well, like you alluded to. So that's why Wellens was on the top five. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is Paul Leader, maybe not. I think you're right. I think it's going to be a matter of we're going to get over the kind of the Monte Saint-Marie and, you know, the really long sector. And it's going to be everyone's sort of kind of just by that point, Jan Christen, Baroncini and, and Novak will probably have kind of been used up to protect everyone. And I think it's going to be, we're going to get through that sector, see who's there and see who's kind of how people are feeling. But I do think that it's going to be like, you can't have too many chefs in the kitchen. That's not going to work. I think that Valens and Pagatra make the most sense. And then you have Hershey and Del Toro there to probably try and, I don't know, maybe even just send it up the road and force other teams to chase. I think that would be kind of the most sensible move for UE. So they're in a really strong position, I think. You know, the last hour of racing, I expect UE to have quite a few riders there. Everyone's certainly going to be looking towards them. But in terms of other teams as well, before we go to predictions, I mean, Patrick, we have Matej Morohic. He said he had very strong legs for the opening Belgian weekend. We have Alberto Bezio. Danny Martinez, <laughs> yeah, was running rampant on the uphills in Walter Gav, Quinn Simmons here as well. Very strong American as well. We Obviously, we've seen him do very well in the past in this race and certainly has a big engine on him. You've got Roman Guegois, who you're very high on. He finished eighth last year. But, I mean, Patrick, when you're looking towards, or any of those names as well, for the outsiders, who are you kind of looking towards? I'm also looking towards Lotto Destiny quite strongly as well. Van Hills looking in really good form so far this year, but also the winner of the UAE Tour is here, Leonard Van Eightbelt. Obviously, he's got to have some good legs at the moment. UAE Siena. Exactly. It's it's just this kind of, you know, it's the same sort of, you know, dust in your face sort of racing. I I could only presume. That, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Lotto Destiny get a, a good result out of this. I think they've got quite a few riders, but they are going to be, I presume, just following the moves and waiting to see what happens. But I am very interested to see what a Van Hills, Van Eightvelt and, and Klon can do because, you know, we have to remember Klon was fantastic at the Vuelta. He did pretty good in this race last year as well. I remember him being in kind of like that second group. So I think that he could be a really good one. I mean, we haven't really talked about Sudark Quickstep either. Alaphilippe does come here. He had a decent down under, but then the opening weekend, I think he he crashed in on loop. So therefore, I don't think I can really take any of his results as, as gospel. I think it's kind of hard to say, but he's in bad form based upon those. But, you know, Moscon was all right in on loop as well, but he was dropped. Asglen, uh, Paul Magnier, Antoine Huby, some decent names. I mean, there's a lot of hype around Magnier. Magnier, just because of his win at Oman. I do think that translating a an Oman win, where it was just kind of like one little berg at the end of a 76-kilometer stage into a 215-kilometer five-hour gravel race, doesn't exactly compute. So, But I can fully get on board with the, uh, the Magnier hype. But Healy as well for EF could be a really good one. Horshaw for Decathlon AG2R Dylan Turns of Israel Premitech has never really done well in this race but in theory it seems like a race that he should do quite well in as somebody who's won La Flesh Wallone of course in the past I think that's it for, for my outsider list it is interesting how many GC riders there are on this start list I can't remember having that many GC riders on a Strava Bianchi start list You're even like the likes of Simon Yates Garrett Thomas like we said Bernal obviously Bernal has 
finished on the podium here before, but Danny Martinez, Carapaz, like that's not exactly the kind of riders that I would uh, associate with a uh, Starabianchi start list. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe it's because of the yeah, the Grande Partenza. But in it's not Italy. that hard compared to this. What? Yeah, it's, it's I, like I, going to going to Paru Bay or yeah. riding on the on the Champs Elysees cobbles. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a really good analogy. I, I don't really know. Maybe they just. It's a, it's a very beautiful race. It's kind of a one which everyone wants to take off. I don't know. But anyways, Patrick, we're coming to our final part. Uh, not right of the week. Predictions! And you did very well in uh, our Omloot preview. You got the correct winner, Jan Tratnik, so applause for that. Yay! The pressure's mounting now, Patrick, because you got that one right, so oh. are you going to get the next one right? We didn't get the toe down under right, so... no. No, I was pretty far off. I am going to go with... I think my, my winner's going to be quite safe, but I'm going to keep the other stuff a little bit interesting. I am going to say that in third place, a little bit rogue, is going to be Danny Martinez. Second place, Tim Vellens. And in first place, Pagacha. I just think that Martinez, that, that Argyle performance was really good. I know it's kind of... Whenever it's... I, as a one-day racer... But he, he's just got a good snap. And I think that, you know, if he can just make it over that gravel, I, I really think that, or the final climb, I really think that he could be quite deadly, to be honest. I think he, he could be a little bit of a, a dark horse for this race, for sure. But what about you? He was on your podium. I'm surprised you didn't go with Sepp Cruz. I thought you said he was going to do some surprises, but apparently not surprised enough to pick him on your podium. Um, he's I'm- fourth. <laughs> I'm going to go, well, that would be a great result, actually. I'm going to put Tadabagacha in third, second, Tom Pickcock, and the winner, the European champion, Christophe Laporte. Come on, Laporte. I like that. Oh, I'd love to see Laporte win. I was surprised by that podium as well. We do sometimes just go out on a whim sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, that's basically it for our preview here of Sarabianki. Make sure to check out the top five as well, here, available here on the channel. Check out Patrick's own channel, uh, Audio Cycling. I'm sure you're going to do a Velo Games with this. And if you haven't already, comment down below who you think is going to win. Can we get it right collectively as uh, as a community? And hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. And we will, of course, do the live stream as well on Saturday. So look out for that. But with that, thank you very much for watching. And we will see you around. <laughs>